Okay, wait, wait, just a second. I got to plug this. Yow! It's TechBiter Worldwide. I'm Bill Blinn with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the sports, most of the jingles, the weather, and the commercials. Podcast number 161 for September 20th, 2009. If you're a photography fan, you're going to like what you hear this week and probably what you'll see when you go to the website. Digital photography's been around for a while now, actually about three decades. Although in the early days, the camera you'd get for thirty or $40,000 would do worse than today's cheapest digital camera. But anyway, digital photography's been around for long enough that you might think everybody's converted. That's not quite the case. That's a bit of a departure from the changeover when video cameras appeared on the scene. 8mm movie gear almost immediately became worthless. That hasn't been quite the case with film cameras, although I sold some old film gear about a year ago, received less than a third of what I would have received if I'd sold it the same year I stopped using it. Film has a look that some people prefer, sort of like the way some people prefer analog records over CDs. There are some other people who just don't trust digital storage. Eastman Kodak has a new Ektar film that I'm sure I would have loved had I been shooting film still. But since the only film camera I still own is an antique point-and-shoot device, it's not too likely that I'll be loading it up with any of Kodak's latest professional film. You might have wondered what the difference is between amateur film and professional film. This is essentially what it comes down to. Professional film is more closely monitored during the manufacturing process and the shipping process and the storage process in stores. Temperature is controlled at all stops along the way. The film typically comes with a sheet that indicates any color shift that's apparent in that particular batch of film. Because professionals tend to keep their lenses clean, professional film has a lower contrast ratio. Professional films also generally emphasize color accuracy over color saturation. Professional photographers have been a bit slow to accept digital photography, despite what I consider to be its clear advantages over film. Some may question whether art can be created with a digital camera, but I suspect that many photographers are simply reluctant to replace equipment they're familiar with and methods they've used for decades. Change is never easy. If digital photography had no other advantage, this one should be sufficient to convince nearly everyone to switch away from film. Immediate feedback. During the decade I worked as a professional photographer, I had lab workers tell me frequently that my color negatives were among the best exposed they'd encountered. That doesn't mean every exposure was perfect. Far from it. I had my share of disasters when a light didn't fire or a setting on a camera or a light was wrong and I didn't notice it at the time. Digital cameras show you instantly what the exposure looks like and most semi-pro and above cameras will even display a histogram which will tell you even in poor lighting conditions what's been captured. There are other advantages. Cost. Some people will tell you that each exposure is essentially free and that's accurate but not entirely true. I remember photographing weddings and thinking, click, that's a dollar. I would sometimes skip taking a picture that looked promising 
just because of the cost. A couple of years ago, I photographed a wedding for a friend and took nearly 500 pictures. There is no way I ever would have done that with a film camera. But each image was free, no film, no processing. That's not the entire story, though, because the cost of the camera needs to be considered, too. A good film camera will last for a decade or more. New models of digital cameras make your current camera obsolete, and you'll probably end up replacing it in three to five years. So some of what you save in film and processing costs is simply transferred to equipment costs. But overall, I think digital still wins. Another advantage is what's called post-production. One of the reasons I almost always use the camera's RAW format is that if, despite all precautions, something has gone wrong with the exposure, I can probably save it because the RAW format contains every bit of information the camera's sensor saw. Whether I let the camera set the color temperature or do it manually, it can always be improved in post-production. Likewise, gamma, saturation, sharpness, and more. I've heard some folks, who I consider to be misguided, say that they won't shoot anything but the JPEG format, because if you don't get the image exactly right at the instant of the exposure, you don't deserve to have it. To me, that just makes no sense. Another huge advantage that digital photography has is speed. In the old days, I would return from a business or vacation trip or a wedding, package up my film, send it off to the lab, wait a week, review the resulting proofs, order the prints, mail the prints off to people. Today, I return from a trip, download the images to the computer, review and modify them, upload them to SmugMug or my own website, and let friends know that they can see the pictures. Instead of weeks, this process takes hours. And then there's control. Even if you have your own darkroom, and I did have one, you don't have as much control as you do with programs such as Photoshop and Lightroom. Add some plugins, and you'll really expand your control. And that's what the next section is about. Plugins, and wondering whether digital photography can be art. As I mentioned, one of digital photography's most significant advantages is the ability to modify the resulting images in a program such as Adobe Photoshop. The available controls are nearly limitless in their ability to boost or retard all colors, some colors, or an individual color, to increase or decrease contrast, to modify color balance, to sharpen or soften detail, and more. Lots more. You can make multiple copies of an image and try various effects to find the one that matches what you saw when you made the exposure, or that looks nothing like what you saw, in fact, like nothing that could occur on the planet. The choice is yours. I've been experimenting with On One Software's Photo Tools 2. It's a plug-in for Photoshop and other applications that use the Photoshop standard, which is just about everybody. Having thought I knew a little bit about creative effects, I have discovered the depth of my ignorance. It's probably worthwhile to say that you don't need an application such as Photo Tools 2 because anything the plugins can do, you can do for yourself in Photoshop. The trick is you have to know how. Any given Photo Tools effect may contain dozens of image modifications. Even if you knew how to accomplish each of the effects, doing so manually would take many minutes for each photograph, not the seconds required by Photo Tools. So that explains the company's slogan, which is software that gets you back to shooting. Whether you're an amateur or a professional, you probably don't enjoy spending time applying layers and filters to the resulting images. That's where Photo Tools 2 will save time. 
The plugins handle the overall image modifications, give you more time to fine-tune the critical aspects of the image. As powerful as the individual effects are, they're even more powerful than you might think initially, because you can control the amount of each effect, and you can combine multiple effects by stacking them. So let's take a look at Photo Tools 2 in operation. And to do this, you're going to have to head over to the website. If you're listening on iTunes or you've just downloaded the podcast, please do yourself a favor. Open the website, www.techbiter.com. Follow along with the images. I'm going to start with a photo of Scampy the Hacker Cat. Scampy used to go with me on Sundays to WTVN for Technology Corner. He often tried to jump out of the window of the car when I'd stop at Tim Hortons for coffee. He wanted to go inside, I guess. At the radio station, he sat silently until our microphones were on, then he started meowing. While Joe and I spoke to the people listening, Scampy addressed all the felines. Well, the image I selected of Scampy was one that I picked because it contains some fine detail in his fur, a decent range of tones, and sharp highlights in his eyes. I can't show you every possible filter in the toolkit, but I can show you some of them. The range and the depth are simply amazing. The screen layout is easy to understand. There are several ways to find an individual effect. You can do it by categories. You can type in a keyword, and this narrows the list of effects. Then you can select the individual effects and preview them on the screen. You'll see a side-by-side -side comparison, and in the upper right-hand corner of the screen, you'll have the opportunity to modify the effect of the filter. You can make it softer, fade it a bit, and in some cases change the settings, which makes some significant changes in the way the filter works. So here are some of the images that I took a look at. The first is called 30s Noir. It's a filter that attempts to create the look of a 1930s detective film. So I'd have to imagine Kitty is Sam Spade. This one doesn't work out too well for a cat, but it's a stylized photo and I can see someone dressed in 30s clothing having this filter applied. Some of these filters bring back old memories. There's a filter called Bleach Bypass. When film and paper had to be developed in chemicals, you might occasionally modify the process to create a special effect. And if you omit the bleaching step in the processing of color film, the film retains some of the silver that's usually removed. The result is less saturated color, more grain, more contrast, and a darker image. I wanted to take a look at the comic book filter. The image of a cat with all that fine detail isn't really an ideal image to use with the comic book filter. It's better to start with a higher contrast image and one with less detail. The result is either a black and white or a color comic book, these days known as a graphic novel. Maybe you'd like an artistic effect. There's the colored pencil filter. By any measure, it is an artistic effect. It attempts to make the image appear as it would if, instead of a photograph, it had been made by an artist with colored pencils on paper. This might turn out to be one of your favorites. Two somewhat similar effects are called Creamsicle A4 and Diffuse Glow. They're both subtle. Creamsicle A4 would be a very good filter to use with portraits. It softens the image just a bit and applies a little bit of warming. Diffuse Glow adds a bit of a glow to slightly soften highlights, provides several additional presets that can be used to tune the effect to your liking. I think sometimes you just run out of names and an effect picks up a name like Enter the Dragon A4. 
That's the next one I wanted to take a look at. I could see this filter being used to accentuate wrinkles and scars on the photograph of an older person whose face has developed character from life. The contrast is increased. Edges are highlighted. The depth of the image is increased. The gold toner filter converts your image more or less to monochrome, then colors it to give the appearance of a selenium print. Selenium toning is used to make black and white prints more stable. The selenium replaces some of the silver and makes the print more resistant to pollutants such as sulfur. But it doesn't make the image entirely monochrome. If you reduce the gold toner filter a bit, you'll recover some of the color in the image, but keep the selenium shade. It's an interesting effect. Here's another oldie. Gum bichromate. This stuff was used in the 1800s. Although it was typically a multi-pass process that printed in layers, some gum bichromate processes used just a single layer. Natural colors were possible. So maybe you thought color photography didn't arrive until the 60s? Well, actually it was done back in the 1800s, just not very well and not very widely because it was so involved and it would have been so expensive. The colors themselves, as I said, are natural, but muted. The filter recreates the antique process without all the chemicals. Have you ever heard of a Holga camera? Holga is a brand of toy camera that uses 120 roll film. The camera's plastic, the lens is plastic, the results are technically poor. It's a Chinese camera. But some consider this artistic. In 1982, when the camera was invented, black and white 120 roll film was commonly used in China. The Holga was an inexpensive mass-market camera. Cameras are still available, but now they cost $70 for a camera that takes out-of-focus fuzzy pictures. Well, this filter mimics the kind of image you would expect from the Holga. A couple of Hollywood filters. There's Hollywood Glow A3 increases the contrast and causes the brighter colors to really pop. For the image of the cat, the full-strength filter was a little bit too much, but it could be toned down, and it would work very nicely. And then there's Hollywood Intensity A1. Many movies have been made with the lens focused on the actor through a fine black mesh. This softens the image by reducing lines and de-emphasizing blemishes. It's a great filter for portrait work. Not every filter works for every purpose, and here's a good example of one that doesn't work for this cat. The Illustrative Edge perfect example of the wrong filter for an image. Images of people and animals will not be improved by the illustrative edge filter, but some scenic images will be. I suspect that once somebody made a mistake, processed print film in chemicals intended for color slides, or maybe processed color slides in the chemicals intended for color negative film. As a result, the colors were all wrong, but the person who made the mistake decided that the effect was interesting. And cross-processing was born. Photo Tools 2 has two cross-processing filters, one called X-Process A1, which is a very distinct example of cross-processing, and CAVX Process Combo A1, similar to the standard X-Process, but somewhat lighter and with a good bit less of a color cast. Not something you typically do with a photograph of a person or an animal, but effective for some images. Remember the Paul Simon song about Kodachrome? They give us those nice, bright colors. They give us the greens of summers. This was the film that was the perennial favorite of amateurs because of the bright, highly saturated colors. Professionals generally used ectochrome in those days, which was more neutral and lifelike. The Kodachrome filter pushes the saturation of your image a bit and increases the contrast. It looks a lot like Kodachrome. If you have a zoom lens, maybe you've tried a relatively long exposure 
and then zoomed the lens in or out while the shutter is open. If you did, you got an interesting effect that appears to explode out from the center. Well, the lens zoom filter does essentially the same thing. It's a way to create a feeling of speed in the photograph to emphasize what's in the center of the image. One of the few shortcomings of Photo Tools 2 is the inability to place the center of the zoom effect somewhere other than the center of the image. Of course, that would be impossible with a camera, so it's not unreasonable to expect that the filter would share the same limitation. But this would be interesting if you wanted to zoom on something that's not in the center of the image. Orthochromatic film is film with an emulsion sensitive only to blue and green light. Blue objects appear lighter, red ones appear darker. Because human pigment contains a lot of red and not a lot of blue or green, the result of the orthofilm filter is really not very good for humans. But it is interesting if you take pictures of landscapes. Earlier I talked about a filter that diffuses the highlights. Orton Here's a Who is a filter that diffuses the shadows. Diffusing highlights in the camera is easy. Diffusing the shadows isn't. In fact, in the camera, it's impossible. You need a dark room to manipulate the shadows. Orton Here's a Who diffuses the shadows in the darker areas of the image and adds a little bit of warming. It's a very attractive image. I took a look at the sepia filter, sepia toner. Sepia toning is primarily an antique process used for black and white prints. The metallic silver in the print was converted to a sulfide compound, which is more resistant to pollutants such as sulfur. The process creates a print that no longer has any strong blacks in it. Well, the filters go on and on and on. What's interesting is that some of them can be painted in or painted out so that the filter affects just a part of the image. To take a look at this effect, I selected the anime filter. The anime filter is intended to reproduce the look of an anime drawing. It's fine when applied to the entire image, but what if I wanted to omit the effect on part of the image? Say I wanted the cat to be an anime cat, but I want to retain all the sharpness of the eyes. Okay, easy enough. All you have to do is paint on a mask over the eyes, and in this case, I decided to subdue the filter around the mouth and the nose also. You can turn the mask on so that you can see the actual mask itself, and if you want, you can invert the mask so that you have a normal cat with anime, nose, mouth, and eyes. The professional version of Photo Tools 2 includes 290 effects, at least 290 and, of course, variants on many of them. It works from inside Photoshop and Lightroom under Windows, or Photoshop, Lightroom, and Aperture on the Mac. The standard version omits the ability to work from inside Lightroom and Aperture, but still includes 180 effects. And if you want to give it a try, there is a free light version. It comes with 14 basic effects. It might be all you need. The bottom line for Photo Tools Pro 2 is five cats. This is a must-have application for photographers who value their time as much as their craft. It's hard to imagine a more productive way for a professional photographer or an advanced amateur to spend $260 than to purchase PhotoTools 2 Pro. If you're on a budget, the $160 version includes a lot of powerful features, and as I mentioned, even the light version covers the basics. For more information, visit the OnOne Software website, You'll find a link to it from the TechBiter Worldwide website. And I hope you're already on the TechBiter Worldwide website. If not, it's www.techbiter.com. In short circuits, you can simultaneously make both Microsoft and your IT security guy nervous. 
Microsoft Office is certainly king of the desk, but Google is king of the cloud, and the cloud is challenging the desk. About 20% of companies in a recent survey said they use Google Docs in their offices. Many use these applications in conjunction with Office applications on desktop computers, and most companies that rely heavily on Google are smaller companies. But the trend is toward net-based computing. The survey was conducted by IDC, which talked to 262 office workers, mostly senior managers. About one-third of the respondents worked for companies with fewer than 100 employees, and another third worked for companies with more than 5,000 employees. What's interesting is a similar survey just two years ago showed only 5% of those surveyed said that they made any significant use of Google Docs. When a company quadruples penetration in just two years... That gets the competition's attention. Nearly everyone in the survey, and that would be 97% of the respondents, said that Microsoft applications are still being used in their organizations. Microsoft has web-based tools, too, and those might simply steal customers away from the desktop suite of applications. Security specialists are nervous about web-based computing. Reasons are pretty obvious. Storing proprietary documents with business plans outside the company automatically creates some significant concerns. Analysts are saying that Adobe overpaid by about double its worth to buy Omniture for something around $1.8 billion. Adobe is a company that has made a name for itself by developing top graphics applications, but also by acquiring other companies that offer features Adobe feels should be core to its business. The best-known example of this is the Macromedia acquisition, but there have been many others over the years. Omniture is a web analytics software company, and one can easily see how such a company's products could be integrated into Adobe's web development tools. For now, though, Adobe says it will continue to run Omniture as a separate business. The acquisition cost is $21.50 per share in cash. That's nearly 25% more than Omniture's selling price on the day of the deal. Omniture is based in Orem, Utah, which, by the way, is the hometown of WordPerfect. It sells software applications that analyze website traffic and that help companies improve their marketing. Adobe earned $136 million in the just-ended third fiscal quarter. That is down about 30% from last year. And speaking of finance and acquisitions, Quicken has announced plans to acquire Mint.com expects the deal to close by the end of the year. Mint.com is a provider of online personal finance solutions that's used by about 1.5 million people. Intuit's Quicken already has an online presence, but Intuit says that Mint.com offers a fresh, new approach. According to Intuit, Mint will gain access to resources of scale. Mint CEO Aaron Patzer says that both companies share a passion for providing easy-to-use solutions for personal finance. Intuit has been in business for 25 years. Has it been 25 years? And it is the publisher of Quicken, QuickBooks, and TurboTax. It will pay about $170 million for Mint.com. Intuit says it will continue its desktop applications, online services, and mobile products because users of those products want the continuity of programs they are familiar with. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. Thanks. Bye-bye.